If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself. But even better, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It is Friday, August 5th, and we are here taking the mystery out of your financial life. Who is the we, you ask? Well, it is I, your host, Jill Schlesinger. And uh, I'm a certified financial planner, and I'm joined by Mark Talercio, who is the executive producer of my life, also a certified financial planner. What does a certified financial planner mean? It means that for many years of my career, before I got into media, I helped people like you. I would give financial advice. I would charge money to do that and uh, manage money for a living. So that was what my previous life was all about. Now, Mark has not been sullied by that dirtiness of that industry. He's just, uh, he just, he just decided that he was going to, for the, for the benefit of, of his, his own professional development, he would undergo the, the pain of uh, getting the certified financial planner designation, which meant he took a bunch of coursework and he took a hard test and he passed it and all that stuff. So what does this really mean to you? It means that uh, we have this show and it is so much fun for us and we try to help you make better choices in your financial life. And so with that certification, that CFP certification, it's kind of like more of a holistic approach. I would say that we're we're more like uh, primary care doctors rather than surgeons. We can go surgical on you, but we really do like the big picture stuff. And then we drill down to the specifics. If you need help on your financial journey, go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. Let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air. If you don't want to, it's fine. We will answer emails. And that's what we're going to do today. Because before we go on our big Jill on Money break, <sighs> Mark, it's exciting. Uh, we want to get through some, not all, not even close to all of our emails. This is uh, from Cindy. 
a longtime listener to the podcast. Okay. She says, I hope I'm hoping you can help my partner and me through the best way to buy the next home. Okay. They're recent retirees. They're 61 and 62. They sold their home last year with hopes of moving to a new location. They're currently renting and they're hunting for an ideal location. I find this so interesting, Mark. A lot of people doing this, just, ah, let's see what happens. And they're very open to this. It's kind of cool. So Cindy says they're going to downsize, but from a very low cost of living area to one that is higher. That's funny. That's not exactly downsizing, is it? Okay. There's $200,000 of equity. It's in a high yield savings account. It will only cover about half the cost of the new home. Though we were hoping not to have a mortgage in retirement, we don't like the idea of putting, pulling so much out of their savings. Okay, so here's what we got. We went under the best option. They've got pensions that total 50 grand a year. Um, they withdraw about $50,000 a year from a combination of the thrift savings plan and a 401k and brokerage accounts. And they earn about 20 grand in part-time income to meet their pre-tax expenses of 120 grand a year. We're going to wait until full retirement to collect social security. Okay. Here's what's in this money in the accounts. Roth IRA 480, TSP 401k about 1.1 million, brokerage has 150, health savings account 24, cash of 100. And she says, "Thanks in um, in advance for your recommendation, Jill. Best luck with your awesome cycle for the cause of it." Oh, thanks Cindy. Uh all right. So, where are you going to find 200 grand? I'm just looking about about this. So, okay, here's the problem that I see. I think you're going to have to get a mortgage. I don't want to pull the money out. That'd be a heck of a tax hit and if pulling money out of the TSP and the 401k, we have 9 more years to get to retirement, remember? And we got to get that money out and they're spending a bunch of money. And they're, yeah, they're taking 50 grand out right now a year, which is, you know, maybe borderline too much right now. I would much prefer Here's <laughs> Here's what I would like for you, Cindy. I'm about to lose Cindy as a fan of the program, <laughs> just to put this into perspective, gang. Let's leave the Roth alone. We're not touching the Roth, okay? And let's leave the brokerage account alone. I mean, I think that between the brokerage and the cash account, we should leave this alone. So let's just look at the TSP for a second. They've got $1.1 million in there. What is the amount of money that I think you could be comfortable taking from that? I mean, 50 grand would be a lot from there. I don't want you to drain that brokerage account. That's the problem. You know, I really think that could be dangerous to you. Well, let's just see if we said 3% would be taking 33 grand out. What if you took 35 grand out instead of 50 and worked a little more? How about that? I don't think you should buy a house. I'm not even sure you should buy a house. I got to tell you, it depends on what your rent is, because if you were to get a $200,000 mortgage, let's say you put 200 grand down and you have a $200,000 mortgage, is the rent you're paying now going to be equivalent to what that cost would be in the future to own the home? If you're downsizing from a low cost to a high cost and you still don't know what you want, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be so quick to buy right now. I, and I think that you're probably pulling too much money out of these accounts. I would really limit it to 35. Can you live on pensions of 50, 35, and then maybe push up your part-time to from 20 to 30? That'd be kind of great. Rents are going to come down soon. We're not, this is not the end of rents. It's not like you're going to have rents going up forever. It's like things are slowing down. They're already show, I already read an article this morning about rent price increases are starting to slow down. I mean, presumably, if you can live on your social security, here's a question, 
when you retire at seven, if you, when you claim social security benefits, could you live on social security plus pensions? I bet not. That's the issue. If you could, then we'd be more inclined to let you pull more money out now. But we really need to know the, the comparable cost of owning versus renting. Okay. Deborah is writing in about 529 plans. Son is starting college this fall. We applied all of his 529 to the tuition bill. Um, the plan gave us the option of closing the account or continuing to set aside money. For now, we opted to go ahead and set some more money aside. Is it the smartest thing to do, especially given the current economy? Should we apply that money to the 529 accounts for our other two younger kids or to our own retirement accounts? Oh, boy. Are you not maxing your retirement accounts? If not, then I would do that. If you are maxing your retirement accounts, it sounds like you still have some room. I would rather have a little bit more money going into your own retirement. You didn't give us all of your information, but you know I do tend to err on the side of retirement. Kathleen says, I'd like to know what's the best thing to do with my 403B account now that I'm retired. I would like to roll it over. Uh, to another company that has lower fees. Is it possible? Oh, yes, it is. When you retire, if you've got a 403B, you can roll it into what's called an IRA rollover account. And you can do that anywhere. So that means that if you're holding a 403B, maybe it's with an old, like a big insurance company, right? And there's big fees in it and you want better choices. You can go to any of the the low cost options out there. So what would that include? So when you hear me say that, gang, what I'm talking about is the, the companies that have the big menus of basically zero cost index funds. So what are those companies? Fidelity, Schwab, Vanguard, TD Ameritrade, T. Rowe Price. Those are like the big five. I don't think I've missed any. Did I, Mark? I think that's it. So if you can do that, that's great. If you don't feel comfortable managing the money yourself, you could also roll it over into a robo-advisor like a Betterment, or you could use Vanguard Personal Service Advisor or the Schwab Intelligent Portfolio. You could do any of those kinds of little extras. Go roll over and reduce fees. Every time you guys reduce fees, you know what happens? Guess what? That money goes right to your bottom line. Stefan writes, howdy, Jill. I like howdy. This is the first year that I've started distributions for my IRA and 401k. Because I retired early at age 60, I've limited withdrawals to 3.6% a year. Figure saw on a table somewhere instead of the old 4% rule. The 4% rule is, gang, let me just uh, inject here, is that it used to be said that you could safely pull 4% of your value of your portfolio out each year, and that would allow you to probably pull the money out, use that income, use that money as income to meet your needs without draining your account, that it would last. I don't know about the 4% rule anymore. I'm sort of more of a, I've always been more of a 3% rule and it doesn't, it doesn't work for everybody. I hate to tell you this. Okay. But let's get back to Stefan who says the remainder of his income comes from dividends and capital gains distributions from a few well-diversified brokerage accounts. After the market correction, I turned off retirement account distributions for the rest of the year, dipping into a cash reserve to make up for the amount of money. That's actually a good idea because when you're in the, those rules about 4% rules, they any of these rules about pulling money out work better if you don't have to pull the money out when the markets are down. That's a very good game plan. Or you don't have to go from 3.6 to zero. You might say, let me take 1% out or one and a quarter percent out or 2%. He turned off the retirement account distributions for the rest of the year. He's using cash to make up for it. And he writes, 
I figure my investments need time to recover, but what if six months is not enough time for a recovery? My reserves are pretty healthy, but I have decades ahead of me. I don't want to drain them for what might be the first, just the first recession or shock of my retirement. I might have to start restart distributions before a recovery. So here's the question. In times of market volatility, how should I apply the 4% rule? Thank you, Stefan. Stefan, here's the thing. Let's make it a 3% rule. And then let's talk about whether you can, um, wouldn't it be cool if during this period of time you say, yeah, you know what? Instead of that 4% or 3%, because Jill says three, how about if I come up with a way to hustle and make a little bit of extra money? This is why I love side hustles, guys, because if you're now saying, oh, I can actually generate the money that I was pulling from my portfolio by getting a part-time job or getting some doing some consulting work, that sure does take the pressure off. If you can't do that, if that's something that is not available to you, then you're going to have to make different decisions. And I'd have to know a lot more about your financial life. I agree. I do not like the idea of you draining cash. But if you leave yourself, if you can pull the cash down and still have a year of savings in there of your expenses, I might feel better. So I need a few more details on that. Okay, here we go. Eric writes, many years ago, I took out a variable life policy with Northwestern Mutual. I know it was probably a mistake. I was young, so forgive me. You never have to ask forgiveness. That's not the problem. Okay, it has a cash value of $130,000, a death benefit of close to $300,000. Now, it was originally a death benefit of $150,000. I don't believe I need the insurance any longer. I'm wondering if it makes sense to cash out the policy to use towards purchasing a second home. This will be a taxable event, but I do have the option of taking approximately $53,000 out without incurring any taxes. Okay. So Eric, here's the deal. Oh, and Eric's 60 years old. So if you don't need the policy, here's a couple of questions for you. Number one, what's the tax liability total? That's number one. Number two, could you borrow, how much money could you borrow out of the policy, which might allow you to pull more money out without any taxes? But really, if you pulled the money out slowly but surely. Um, and the 50 is like, if you use the 50 that you need to buy a second home, do you need the whole amount? Because maybe you just take the whole amount out anyway. Depends what your tax bracket is. So if you're 60 um, and you plan on, you know, working till your full retirement age, maybe this is something to think about. Maybe you borrow the money out now. Maybe you wait until your income dips before you cash out everything else. More details. It is Friday, so I'm going to give you a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because we've got a nice weekend ahead. Big weekend here in our household. We've got uh, big celebrations coming up. We have a lot of family birthdays who are Leos, Mark. Lots. Yeah, you're part of that, okay? And so if you have a financial question, if you have any sort of misgivings about something going on in your life, don't hesitate to give us a holler. You can just go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. Let us know if you would be willing to come on the air. Mark does everything else. Don't forget to subscribe to our free weekly newsletter and our other shows. Everything's on the website, so that's good. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio is our executive producer, and we are distributed by Cadence 13. Do something nice for someone else today. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity. 
forming strong teams to support them. Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students. 